Welcome to The Real Photo Show. My guest today is David DeLira. David is a queer, BIPOC, lens-based artist and educator, born and raised in northern Mexico. He is currently based in Schenectady and Syracuse, New York. And I met David at the Biennial Homecoming Show at RIT this past winter. It was very brief, but David and I were able to follow up after the show and get to know each other a little better. Uh, David's work explores their connection and relationship to a white, queer community that he married into with their partner. David's photographs of this community are often made within or accompanied by images of a northern landscape that is equally new to David's life. We talk about how David came to be where he is and how David's family and friends informs who he is and how that is all revealed in David's work. So, as you know, Real Photo Show is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club. Begin building your dream photo book library today at charcoalbookclub.com. The latest book to ship from the Charcoal Book Club is from none other than Jesse Lenz. The Seraphim is the second volume of the Seven Seals Septology, delving deeper into the vision that started with the Locust. The reader explores a realm of childhood enchantment where nature insists upon sets of fledgling counterparts. His children experience the joys, curiosity, and vulnerability of childhood alongside other creatures that seem to either be standing vigil over them or stalking them from the shadows. And while that book has already shipped for book club members, you can still pick it up at charcoalpress.com. And there are some special editions at charcoalbookclub.com as well. And on another charcoal-related side note, uh, I've been invited to be the podcast media person at the next Chico Review in Chico Hot Springs, and I'm really thrilled about that. My great friend Sasha Wolf will also be there, along with a lot of people that I've met through Sasha and Jesse Lenz. So I'm really excited. Thank you, Jesse, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. And I'll be doing a lot of great shows there, which I'll be sharing later in the year. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. Enjoy the show, and we will talk soon. Well, hi, David. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is uh, fantastic. This is my first time doing one of these things. Um, Oh, that's amazing. That's great. So you were in the the homecoming show this past well actually this this year yes. uh, up at rochester institute of technology mm-hmm. but i was looking over your cv you were in the original homecoming biennial correct when i was still running the jkc gallery yeah and for those of you who think david is cheating it's because your graduation years from undergrad to grad actually spanned perfectly <laughs> to be included in both shows right right yes yes 2019 and 2023 yeah, yeah. So uh, that's really nice. And you're in both publications. Yeah. So I know, I think we only saw each other incredibly briefly mm-hmm. at RIT. Uh, were you just up for the show? Were you, did you, were you able to do anything else with the panel talks or anything? I, or the portfolio? I couldn't, unfortunately. I have a very needy husband and very needy dogs. <laughs> um, I have two black labs and also... Nice. Know, and other stuff to do. Um, so, but I was very glad that I made it to the opening and I met you and Eric, and I don't remember mm-hmm. who else. He was very briefly. Yoav and Donna right. and Alana, yes, and Tom. Yes. Yeah. Everybody yep. was very excited. He was <laughs> like, oh my God, you are a veteran. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, but yeah, but it was a fantastic exhibition. Uh, I very, I enjoyed myself. Yes, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and the yeah, work. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was great work. Great work. Mm-hmm. And very um, proud to be surrounded by other fantastic artists 
why don't you tell us a, a little bit about yourself, how you get how you got into art and photography? I know you've started in Mexico and ended up in Syracuse. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's been quite a trip. Yeah, I mean, I was born in Mexico, northern part of Mexico, born and raised, and it's a very industrial, very um, you know, it's a desert, very close to Texas, little town, and yeah, I'm the accident of four <laughs> siblings. So I'm like, you know, my parents joke that, you know, they made a mistake with me or whatever. But Are you the youngest? Yeah, I am. I am. And <laughs> so you, you were possibly unplanned. Yes, exactly. That's why I call it that was the accident. Um, and and then, then I tell them, well, that's why I turn out like this. You know, this is your fault. Um, I'm a product of your own, um, your own mistakes. My town down there is, as I, as I mentioned, is very industrial. There's not a lot of art whatsoever, unfortunately, but I always liked it. I was very into music and very into fashion growing up, um, even if it doesn't look like it anymore, because now, <laughs> now I dress like a hobo. Um, I don't know. I like that. I like that top you're wearing. I like oh, that sweater shirt. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's cozy. It's cozy. I've had it for like five years. So yeah, you know, I, you know, I grew up very queer and very, you know, kind of feeling not like I didn't belong. As many, you know, small town queer people in general, I think that was, I fit that mold. And yeah, photography was never part of, like an important part of, you know, growing up and all that. I don't have a, you know, a cute story of, oh yeah, I was giving a film camera and I started shooting when I was a kid. Like, I don't have that, you know. Um, I started photographing after my mid-20s. I'm 32 now. Mm -hmm. Was that while you were an undergrad? Yes. So I was uh, there in Mexico until I turned basically 22. And, you know, I was doing all sort of things. I went into college and then I dropped out. I was very lost. And then I started traveling and I traveled to Europe uh, when I was, I think, 22 or 23. Because I knew that I didn't want to stay there and I wanted to, you know, broaden my horizons and, you know, look for... Quite honestly, I don't even know what I was looking. I was just looking for something different, uh, just to get out of there. And I started traveling. I went to Europe uh, for one summer, full summer, just on my own, with no money, with no plan whatsoever. And I think that that's when I started to be more interested seriously in art, because, you know, I haven't traveled out of the country before. You know, I've never, I don't think I was even in a plane before. And it, it was quite radical, you know, it was like, holy cow, you know, the world is, <laughs> there's actually a world out there, uh -huh. you know, that doesn't... Were your folks, you know, working in the industrial town that you lived in? Yes, yes. My mom, uh, she's now uh, a retired, uh, she was a nurse technician or something like that. Mm -hmm. And my dad was, he was in the pharmaceutical industry or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they were always busy. I think that's also why I had a lot of freedom, because... You know, my parents weren't quite present or whatever. As I mentioned, I was like, you know, the left out. And, you know, I was already drinking and at the club at 14 or 15, which is probably not a good thing. But um, So you were a little uh, feral as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was very feral. Yes, absolutely. I was hungry. I was hungry for the world. You know, I was like mm -hmm. just experiencing things because I always, always knew who I was since I was a kid. And I knew that I wanted more than what I had. 
So yeah, so my parents were like, oh, you're going? Okay, sure. You know, have fun or whatever. And yeah, This was to Europe. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So I was there, um, you know, and then I saw things. I met people. I started, you know, I saw the world in a different way. And I came back and I stayed in Mexico for like a couple of years with a plan of going back, going back to Europe. And then I met online my current, not my current, I mean... It's not like I've had one before. Yeah, that sounded kind of weird. Um, right. My beloved, current and future and... Uh, I yes. know, right? Um, <laughs> we, I met my my husband, Jeffrey. And, you know, we it, it was not planned. And, and, you know, he's from New York. He's a country boy from central New York. Um, oh, well, okay. So that explains a little of how you got to where you are. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so we started like these long distance relationship and you know we met and he went back down and finally uh we met in peru but that's a whole different story Mm -hmm. and then you know i was like hey just new york is here let's try to make this happen and i was very you know like for us um northern well i think mexicans in in general because we're so close to texas uh, we're like well my town is like a couple hours south of texas it's like either you hate America or you or the United States or you love it and you want it. Mm-hmm. And I never saw the United States as a you know the American dream. You know because there's a lot of you know resent you know resentment you know towards us and you know like you don't want to be treated a certain way and you know all that. So that was never like part of my you know wantings. But life happened and here I am. So yeah, so I got here. Fresh off the boat in 2015. <laughs> so it's going to be um, almost eight years. No, eight years already. It's going to be nine years. And I started undergrad again. Did you come here on a student visa? No, I came with uh, a marriage. Uh, I don't know how you call it. You know, a marriage visa or whatever. Oh, okay. So um, you were married and then you came here. No, I got here and then we got married like immediately. Okay. Yes. It's a very complicated okay, right, process. Right. It's a very complicated right. process. Um, it was painful and it was oh. um, expensive and time-consuming and even just, uh, it's terrible, you know. You were um, married in New York? Yes, yes. We got married yeah. here in Schenectady, New York, where I'm recording this. This is where I'm living now. <laughs> um, I'm technically based in Schenectady and Syracuse. And yeah, yeah the rest well, is so- history. I mean, and then and then you go to SUNY Schenectady, and then SUNY yeah. Albany, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, Syracuse for your MFA. Yep. Uh, when you were at um, Syracuse, did you study with Doug Dubois? That is very, very, very correct. Yes. Um, <laughs> which he's been on your show. I heard that. Yeah. Um, I listened to it. I think I connected with him the most. Mm. He's he's very sensitive, same you know as me. And yeah, no, he's great. He was great help. We're still yeah. in touch and all that. You know, of course, the rest of faculty were, you know, good. Yeah. Well, um, in terms of influences, including Doug, um, who who uh, who has influenced you in your photography? Because you're you're fairly new to photography yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, what started your interest in it, and then who were your influences? Um. Well, you know, my undergrad um, when I started. Well, initially, I was I was gonna go to FIT. I was very into fashion, and I wanted to do that, and then that didn't work which I'm kind of glad that it didn't. And then I moved to kind of like, like to art history because I felt like I was so into it, but I didn't know enough. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start art history and see what comes out of it. 
So I started, you know, I did my uh, associates in SUNY Schenectady, uh, liberal arts, whatever. And then I moved to SUNY Albany for art history initially. And that like opened, you know, my eyes into other, you know, realms of art. And then, you know, my concentration was um, the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance. So that was an influence on Yes, you. that was yes. like initially <laughs> like, you know, the antiquity and, you know, mm-hmm. all these things that I've always been into, but I never studied them in depth. And then, meanwhile, being there, I, you know, I took other, you know, photo classes and printmaking and all that. And then I double major to studio art and art history. But yeah, uh, I made my thesis, my undergrad thesis on Donatello, which I have. Uh, oh, a you have this lovely of, tattoo. Um, yes, yes. The David uh, from Donatello. And I started writing and, you know, researching about all the queerness behind you know, him and other Renaissance artists and and also my connection to this the biblical um, story of the David, which is, you know, it's my name. I was named after him, basically. Mm. And so I started to realizing that, you know, you know, queerness and all that has been through in history through since forever, you know. And then I got burned out of, you know, writing and researching after I graduated. And I was like, I don't want to write anymore i want to make i want to be part of the history i want to be you know because i knew that i have a lot to tell to talk about so then i was like okay grad school by then i i was starting in photography in undergrad and i was just to say i wasn't like too super serious about it i was just shooting and you know it was i was still very juvenile in that realm i was still shooting digital uh, with a very, you know, inexpensive camera. And I was kind of starting to get into the the gay community in Albany. And I started shooting, you know, a couple of friends that I've been with. I was getting a little bit closer to the leather community. As a viewer, as, a, an, as an spectator, I'm, that is not really my thing. But I was very fascinated by it. And I did, you know, a project in that. I think that was one of my senior projects in undergrad. And actually, that's one of the main bodies of work that I used to apply to grad school. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was very out there. And, you know, I think <laughs> at this point, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to see that, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, undergrad work is like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> Which is great. I think it's it, great. Well, it, it's all part of a process. Right, exactly. And, I, and it, it's not on your website, so you don't have to show it to anybody. Right, exactly. No, that's like hidden. Yeah. Hidden is buried already. Um, It'll be in uh, some retrospective 30 years down yeah, the road. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. But at the moment, I'm good. I'm okay with it. It's Yes, it's part of it's part of the way. It's part of our evolution. And we don't see it at the moment, you know. Uh, so anyway, so I applied to a few grad schools uh, for photography because, you know, I knew that that was my wheelhouse. And Syracuse was there, um, a couple others. I got immediately admitted at Syracuse, which was great. Also, just just to put this out there, it, that was 2020. It was COVID. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, there were, maybe there weren't a lot of applications in. And I was like feeling like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. And I'm not going to get accepted, you know, and I did. So it was like a lot of kind of like tumultuous uh, feelings mm-hmm. then that I was like, oh my God, what if, what if I'm not good enough? And, you know, all these self-conscious, you know, because I don't, I don't have a PFA, you know, all these things. But I got in, I was like, okay, you know what, let's do it. And so I got in and that was like the middle of COVID. So it was my first year 
at SU was quite crazy. It was crazy. It was half online. Were, were you meeting on campus in person? That's the thing. We were yeah. like, yeah. I think on campus some weeks, and then we were in some other weeks, and mm. then faculty, they were like, we're not feeling safe. Let's just do it online and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was wild. And I was also a teaching assistant. Um, so I was also, you know, dealing with all this, plus my own work and my own classes. It was, it was crazy, but it was great. In the end, in my, you know, persona and in my growth, because that's when I learned to like, okay, um, this is what it is. This is what, you know, I, I kind of got into grad school in a kind of like, not naively way, but, you know, not quite grounded in the craft. Mm -hmm. Do you do both flesh and fatherland and exactly what you run from, you end up chasing? Do you do start at least both those bodies of work in grad school? Yes. That's basically when I was like, okay, this is what it is. This is what I'm going to do. And yeah, I started uh, Flesh and Fatherland my first year in grad, and it was mostly it's mostly black and white. I saw myself in there like uh, um, observant, maybe that's the word. Uh, that's an observer. Observer, yeah. yes. Oh my gosh, English, <laughs> yeah, yeah. English is my second language, y'all. No, that's all right. I mean, it's, <laughs> you're you're being observational or you're an yes. observer. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, of you know my husband, my lovers, friends. He's all in black and white, mostly uh, 35 millimeters. And I started, you know, experimenting with film. Mm -hmm. Hands on. You know, I was one of the ones that I was like, oh, my God, no. Digital is like <laughs> the thing right now, you know. But no, in right now, I rarely shoot digital, you know. So, yeah. So, the color work is color film work. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just to... Just so, so we don't get too far ahead. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, we're talking, we're starting to talk about your work, which I, I obviously I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm, that's, that's where we want to go. And mm -hmm. Flesh and Fatherland is in black and white. Exactly what you run from is, is in color. Mm -hmm. And you describe your work in some of the, the things I've read as kind of exploring who you are as this brown indigenous immigrant mm -hmm. in contrast to your husband and friends and, and photographs of lovers who are all or mostly white, mm -hmm. right? Sort of um, playing on the idea of classical painting and classical portraiture, right? Which goes back to your roots in art history. Right. So yeah, let, let's talk about this work more. Sure. But, uh, starting with Flesh and Fatherland. Fatherland, of course, can refer to Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. I think um, between Mexico and the United States. I was observing the land, you know, fatherland, you know, and also, you know, father figures. I was kind of playing with words there and the flesh and desire. And yeah, when I, you know, when I started that body of work, I was observing mostly the land and who I was surrounded with and started photographing them. Uh, I was not part of it. I'm not in those images. I wasn't quite there yet. And it was kind of, you know, seeing and critically and not the United States in a kind of raw way uh, and a little bit more like on your face and, and that kind of thing. And I was quite, I mean, by then I was just trying to be, you know, kind of uh, transgressive. And then after that, I kind of learned to like kind of tone it down and just be a little bit more in contact with myself and why I'm doing this work. 
Like, what is what it's inviting me to do it, to investigate it? And, you know, you know, part of grad school and critiques and all that. Uh, so I started moving on to be really full on on myself and putting myself in the images and, you know, working with medium format film and color and just started to be a little bit more transparent and less transgressive, maybe. What do you what do you mean by that? That you were going through a sort of different uh, discovery of yourself earlier, and then as you sort of understood things more, you showed things with a bit more control. Is is that what you mean? Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, it's I gained more expertise in the craft, mm-hmm. and you know, and I you know started researching and learning stuff, and just trying to be as faithful to the images and working in a different way. My work is very, it's very time-consuming in terms of the relationships I build, like all this process to the point to photograph them. When I started uh, in 2021-2022, exactly where you run from, was a little bit more aware of my body, of the color of my skin, and these contrasts between the people that I surround myself with and just making that commentary. You know, I was injected into the U.S. to, you know, a white husband, a white, you know, kind of Northeastern privilege in a way, mm-hmm. this white queer privilege. And, and I started to make friends with these kind of people for some reason. So besides that, I also attributed that, you know, I started realizing how important my father was, you know, in my up- upbringing, uh, my, my dad is is, uh, is a white man. He's a very white. He's Mexican, but, you know, he's white. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother is uh, indigenous. Uh, she's very brown, uh, very dark. I think she has, uh, we have Native American roots. Your and, father's from and my father is, Spanish I, roots, I, I bear, Iberic, you know, heritage yeah. and all that. So I also started looking and realizing, you know, that I've, I've always been looking to, you know, my father's um, approval and all that. I never got it growing up. And as I mentioned, they weren't quite like present in my life. But I was always looking for that, I don't know, maybe like love, probably. And I translated it all the way until, you know, my 20s and realizing like, oh my God, of course. So yeah, so all my lovers and friends are white and they have a resemblance to him and I started questioning why why am I with them what am I getting from that and what are they getting from me and I started investigating that and shooting it and with no answers really because it was like such a self um, exploratory body of work that I was maybe unconsciously consciously but unconsciously um, making and I photograph my father which I think that's one of the hardest images that I've made, even if we're fully clothed. But there's like this separation between him and I, and the fact that I had to touch him, it was incredibly weird. And, you know, as, as, as weird as that sounds, you know, because um, mm-hmm. we never hugged. He never hugged me. He, you know, he never said that he loved me, that he was proud of me, nothing. Um, it was mm. like this very cold relationship between us. And, you know, being here, you know, I visit home here and there. 
in in one of those trips i was like okay you know you basically i'm making this work with the thought of you in the back of my mind and i'm just gonna try to shoot you you know to you know do something and i made that image which is technically the first image that i'd like to open this body of work with and i'm covering his eyes and you know he's like this kind of he's wearing his cowboy hat and you know this classic masculine hyper masculine you know way mm-hmm. that he is and that in contrast with me you know we are we don't look like each other we are you know mm. i'm very you know you know i'm brown i'm full of tattoos or whatever <laughs> but i wanted to do that i wanted to you know because he was like basically the epitome of of this body of work and then after that i move on i was like okay this is important this is why i'm doing this work and the rest uh you know i photographed my husband and lovers and friends i also you know it's this is very autobiographical really mm-hmm. i started doing self-portraits which i've always done but not in that way not in you know not as, as an important part of my work wait, wait so you said self-portraits but not in that way you mean like not necessarily meaning that it's it's you kind of idea like right 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 okay yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i use i mean i've been making self-portraits like since forever but just for fun mm-hmm. you know for like you know experimenting little things and, and that so you know one of the the kind of motifs i noticed in especially in the well i guess in both bodies of work but one, there was one photo in the in the earlier work, the Flesh and Fatherland, that I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about. But you do uh, use uh, flowers and cut flowers and natural flowers and plants mm-hmm. a lot in the work. Mm-hmm. What is that uh, reference for you? Like, there's, um, you know, you, in Flesh and Fatherland, obviously, there's also landscape work involved mm-hmm. as well. But but always, almost always involving a detail of a plant, a flower, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, observing the nature of the northeastern part of the country just you know we i wasn't used to it you know at home we don't have that because it's very deserty so we don't have like a lot of you know nature is very different would have seasons Mm. you know seasons also are they were quite shocking to me and i was you know observing that and experiencing weather and flowers and you know all these this quite dramatically and i started you know it was part of my experience here and you know i, th- I think flowers as uh, you know a queer reference and you know this femininity nature of flowers and art history you know, you know maplethorpe and you know all that um so i wanted to, to just to make those kind of references and delicacy and mm-hmm. sexuality too you know because you know flowers are quite sexual Romance, sexuality. Romance, yes, right. yes. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, just like yep. a little bit of those notes in there. Well, you have one photo I find particularly stunning. It might be your husband. I'm not sure. It's it's his back with dried or dying carnations mm-hmm. taped to mm-hmm. his back. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I made that experiment with, with him and his back. Yeah, it's you know. It's quite beautiful. Oh, and, thank you. And, and I think it speaks to that, the idea of... of romance and sexuality and 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 the sort of delicate nature of humanity really uh because you know with the dying flowers and all but also there's something very tactile about that scotch tape on his back mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think it it does explore that idea of what is sort of a, a conventional romantic relationship right right speaking of you know conventional and all that and my 
relationship. It's 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 very unconventional, I will say. You know, I'm, in the end, we're queers. There's nothing, you know, you know, the word says that um, there's nothing conventional about us. <laughs> but still, we are married, boys. We have a very open relationship, and it's also like exploring this and actually coming out of the closet in a way of doing that you know mm-hmm. and there's a lot of shame involved in my case in the end we're still like kind of used to a uh, heteronormative relationships within the queer community and and i'm always being like that is not for me that is not what i want to do you know but in the end because of the nature of my work family can see it his family or whatever i struggled a lot with that that was a lot of, you know, like was breaking me. But, you know, I over, over, overcame it and I realized, well, this is my, this is our life. So there's always like this kind of fear of being judged, of being like, oh my God, you're whatever, or you're not respecting or, you know, all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. It was hard. Um, it kind of still is even. You know, the, I, I imagine also the idea of how you represent the queer community, right? Also that, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and just going um, through that, you know, most of my subjects are older mm-hmm. and we have a very different, I have a very different relationship with each one of them. Oh, can you hear that? Sorry. <laughs> Do I hear the labs? Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We love dogs on this show. The other thing I wanted to, to talk about is when you did move from black and white to color, mm-hmm. did you think about your work differently or is it just sort of a, a natural kind of progression? Yes, I think I started to, you know, to see the world like, you know, black and white photography is fascinating. Historically, it's, you know, it's, it's there. It's I'm, I've always had a fascination to it. But then, you know, it was like a filter, like a barrier there, which is pro- probably, you know, the magic of photography. You know, that you see this humanity and, and nature and things through a lens through film in a diff, in a in a you know monochromatic way, so so that's why I made the decision of just using color. I was very afraid of color too. I think color photography is very hard, and I, in the end, I just wanted to to make that like transparency into the audience, myself, and showcasing you know a skin color, you know, because in black and white you can't really tell. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about my brownness. So how, how, you know, so I'm translating that into color, into like the real thing. So yeah, I, th- I think it was to be a little bit more transparent and it, it worked out. It was, it was, I was kind of terrified in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was good. And, and I think, yeah. I think I'm, for now, I'm staying in that lane. Uh, and you were, you were influenced by classical painting, Renaissance painting, 15th, 16th century painting, which of course is rich in color, Mm -hmm. like very rich in color. Um, You know, we talked about the title Flesh and Fatherland. We Mm -hmm. didn't really talk about the title, exactly what you run from, you end up chasing. Mm -hmm. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's actually uh, the name of a song by Tyler, the creator. I'm very influenced by music, you know, and some of my writings and titles come from uh, music. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yes. I think I feel that I'm a very bad, I'm not good at titles. I'm not good at so that's why I take all these references from actual songwriters, like actually people that know what they're doing. Because you but, do write uh, in between your photos on your website. There mm-hmm. are either quotes or your, I mm-hmm. imagine your own your own writing. They're mostly verses from songs. Um, okay, so that, most of them are verses. Yes, yeah. yes, that resonate. 
And, you know, my, my, my head is like an encyclopedia of music. It's funny because I tell people like, oh my God, why is in my head full of math and, you know, useful stuff, but it's just music. <laughs> um, anyway, so I take a lot of inspiration by that and I use these kind of words to describe my work. And sometimes they just hit the nail in a weird way. But, you know, it's this part of kind of like appreciating this part of the art mm-hmm. and, and you incorporate it into yours. So, yeah, so it's like where you run from. Where did I run from? I ran from probably my dad and, you know, mm. my, all these ideas. And then what did I end up chasing? My subjects that remind me to him. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of like this analogy of this, you know, as I mentioned, that he's epitome of this body of work. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a long title. Um, so uh, as much as your photographs can be suggestive, pictorial, uh, but also incredibly real because mm-hmm. these are real people in your lives. Mm-hmm. The title really does provide a, a context uh, to it all in that you're thinking about your own, you know, the ex- the exploration of who you are as well mm-hmm. in terms of life and home and, and love and relationship. But what I also find really interesting in the way you write about your work is you're also um, saying to the viewer, this is me in this work, but also I want you to reflect on who you are and how you think about your own identity while looking at the work. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's it has been very therapeutic mm. to make this work. You know, I've realized a lot of things and that I've just lived in automatic without giving them thought. And also, you know, especially my, like where I belong in the world, like, you know, there's a lot of belonging mm-hmm. and the opposite, like not feeling, uh, just feeling kind of mis misplaced and trying to find, you know, that middle ground of, okay, you know, finding these people that the kind of contribute to help that. And, you know, in, I write in, you know, my statement and all that, these questions, that is, who are they to me and who am I to them? I don't have the answer, you know, but it's a constant idea that I work with, um, you know, with some, with friendship, with some, it's communication, with some of them is touch, it's, and for some of them is pleasure. And there's, there's like these kind of things, you know, I don't want to say it's transactional, but in a way, it is somehow transactional, what they get from me and what I get from them. Mm-hmm. And in the end, photographing them, and I'm, I'm getting uh, an image of this relationship, in a way, and these things that, for some reason, brought us together. And yeah, and, and you know, with, with each of my subjects, um, I was saying before that it's kind of, it takes a long time. I don't, you know, the way that I work is not like, hey, I don't know you, let me photograph you. You know, that's not how I work. It takes a few meetings and, you know, me just like hanging out mm-hmm. in order to to make uh, a good image, uh, like a, the most real possible. And even, even if they're performative, a little performative, you know, I tried gaining, you know, their trust. And I think that's very important, uh, especially in this, this subject and how important they are to me. It, yeah. has been, it has been occasions where, you know, I've photographed them the first time we meet. It's not that often, but it has. And I don't, I don't really use light. I don't use, like... I only use natural. Oh, so you're not using artificial lighting? No. no. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Well, that that's fantastic. No. Whatsoever. They are, no. They are well lit. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, you also learn, you know, how to, you know, manage the natural light as mm-hmm. good as possible. Sometimes it, it's not, but sometimes it is. That's how you, you know, you'd have to trust your, yeah, you know, your gut. Right. Because uh, I feel that sometimes that's kind of intrusive. You know, like, hey, let's hang out and let's let's make images. And here I am carrying a light or carrying a tripod or carrying, you know, I just try to make it as, you know, organic as possible. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I never, I don't think I was never like into these ultra manufactured images, you know, with lights and this and that. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, that, I, <laughs> I, I reject, I kind of reject that aesthetic. Um, it's just not yeah. for me. You know what, um, you, were, you were talking about sort of time getting to know people or time to make images and the work and time that goes into it. You also, on um, both your series on your website, uh, have a start date and then they both end with ongoing. Mm-hmm. How do you sort of think about what might be the end of a body of work? That is a great question. I think we all struggle with that, don't we? We um, certainly do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel that they may not finish because these have been like so important and kind of in, in a different way, but at the same time in a similar way that they, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a constant, you know, path of my life. Like these images are have been evolving as I have evolving as a person. And answering your question, I don't think they're finished. Um, I don't know when they're going to finish, when I'm going to finish. You know, I've been taking a break. I don't think I have seriously shot for the last year. You know, I graduated and, you know, I had to put my thesis together and all that. Been traveling and whatsoever. And now I'm just starting to, like, ground myself and, and like, okay, I need to keep working, you know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we need this break. Sometimes we need to, like, you know, process it and, I don't know, like, recalibrate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've been more processing and and editing and reviewing than photographing for the last two years. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Also, mm-hmm. you know, we're probably, you know, you're as well. Like, we shoot a lot. We shoot a mm-hmm. lot. And I think that's one of the bad things that I've seen myself. Like, <laughs> sometimes I sit with work and I don't know what to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't put it out there. And we wait and I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how you call that. Oh, I, I don't know. I think it's just trying to find that balance of, of making and, and not feeling like you're wasting time and then right. giving yourself time to actually look at what you're doing and trying to figure yeah. it out. And yeah. wasting time doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of negatives and a bunch of things that it's like, mm-hmm. that they're still not quite there maybe, but that's... I think that's one of my, that should have been one of my New Year res- resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything coming up? Any uh, shows or anything like that? Or just this the recalibration time? Just the recalibration time and getting back yeah. uh, to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. it's That's my goal. You know, <laughs> looking for jobs and stuff like that. You know, transition into... Um, the real world you know i've been a student for all this time and yes 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 and it's kind of hard to like leaving that realm until are you thinking about editorial work what kind of work um i'm planning to keep working in my personal work um hoping Mm -hmm. eventually you know photo book or monograph and you know still living my silly little life Um, (laughs) aren't we all (laughs) yeah yeah you know yeah keep making work and 
and keep teaching. I want to teach. Uh, you know, I'm, oh, I've right, been, I'm doing that, and I think you've I'm, been a teaching assistant, and you're an yeah. instructor now. Where are you an instructor now? Uh, at SU. At SU. Um, yes, oh, I'm, okay. I'm not teaching right now. Uh, that was when I, it was part of the program, like you know the. You know, oh, they, okay, okay. That, um, and all that. Oh, of course. Um, so now you have to go back and uh, yeah, get yeah, some part time work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's good, you know. I really enjoy uh, being an educator. You know, I I, I want to be what I didn't have. You know, mm-hmm. like I I never had a in the academia. I didn't have a queer brown you know mm-hmm. professor or anything. So I you know I want to be I want to be there for. For younger generations and to be like hey we're sure. here we exist and <laughs> and we're smart and we can do this um but yeah i mean i learned a lot from from teaching i learned a lot from students crazy it's like this such a yeah you know both ways um Absolutely. relationship um it's very yep. rewarding it is it, it really is yeah, yeah. it's you know, a great way to stay energized yeah yep. yeah yeah and yeah, just yeah. to be surprised i love mm-hmm. that like damn, I'm like wow. These kids are something else. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yep. Well, that's great. That's a great uh, note to end on. Thank you again. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, this has been such a pleasure. Um, yeah. 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 And congratulations on the work. And yeah. Thank yep. you. Thank you. This is a new experience. Another one. So good. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You did it. It's never enough. <laughs> it's never enough. Yep. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Real Photo Show is produced by me, Michael Chauvin-Dalton. Music by Matteo Chauvin-Dalton and Jim Raimundo, recorded at the Rutherford Music Exchange. If you like the show, please rate and review with all the stars on your favorite listening platform. 